Hey, good afternoon, everybody. It is Friday, December 3rd. This is Anything Goes Podcast. Let's get it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Got a ton of stuff to cover tonight. Um, I think it's some pretty interesting thing. We're going to start off with... We talk about all the time, or at least I do, about the media's rebranding of uh, situations that happen that don't necessarily fit their narrative. They still have to report on the story because it's, you know, a major story, but but they're going to put their spin on it. So here you go. Here's a prime example. This is exactly what I what I'm talking about when I say this. CNN. Okay, so uh, the Waukesha parade killer, self-proclaimed BLM white hater. This is what CNN says in their tweet about the story. Waukesha will hold a moment of silence today, marking one week since a car drove through a city Christmas parade, killing six people and injured scores of others. Now, let's think about this for a second. What if that was Kyle Rittenhouse driving that vehicle? What would that headline be? I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give you my interpretation of what that headline would have been from CNN had it been Kyle Rittenhouse driving that vehicle. Well, Keisha will be holding a moment of silence today, marking one week since a white male driver named Kyle Rittenhouse, drove through a city Christmas parade, killing six people and injuring scores of others. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong that that would not have been the headline had it been a white male. And I used Kyle's name just because, you know, everybody knows who the hell Kyle Rittenhouse is now. But tell me that that would not have been the headline. And I'm sure white supremacists, you know, it could they could have just said white or they would have said a white supremacist male, you know, drove a vehicle. But no, 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 because this is a black self-proclaimed, self-proclaimed BLM supporter who also wrote that he wants to kill white people prior to actually killing white people, mind you. It's the car. Marking one week since a car drove through. So the, the car just drove it. Oh, wow. I, I didn't realize it was a Tesla. It drove itself because, you know, it was the car that, that, according to CNN. So, yeah, just another prime example of the media, the mainstream liberal Democratic PR arm of the Democratic Party narrative on what happened there. And I read another thing that I really liked this week. It was a, um, I don't know what you call it. It's not a tweet. It's not a, I guess it's, I guess it's kind of a meme, but not really a meme. But this person, Zuby from at Zuby music on uh, Instagram, He said, 
Forget right and left for a moment. The real battle is between people who want to be left alone and those who refuse to leave other people alone. Well, I like it in the sense that it's it's true. You know, it is really about those of us who just want to, you know, live our lives, make money, uh, keep our money, provide for our own, and do those things with those who want government to be in charge of everything, control everything, control every aspect of your life. But the problem is, is it's very definable which side left or right wants to be which one of those. I mean, I I don't think I have to tell you who the people are who want to just be left alone. And I certainly don't think I have to tell you the ones who refuse to leave everyone else alone. So just a couple of uh, couple of things that I've read over the last couple of days that I just think uh, are, are interesting and, 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 you know, factual, or in the case of the CNN one, comical. Another thing that's comical is uh, President Biden announced his HIV AIDS strategy strategy today and his strategy one of the key lines in his strategy for combating HIV AIDS is racism is the number one health concern yes folks you heard that correctly his part of his strategy for HIV and AIDS is to combat racism, which is a national health issue. I can't make that shit up. Just can't. Just can't even... Uh, if you can link the correlation between racism and AIDS, uh, you're a much better person than I am. So apparently... The virus, the HIV virus is racist because it, it, it apparently is solely attacking people of color, according to President Biden. But, you know, we wonder why other world leaders don't take this guy seriously. And it's not just that they don't take him seriously. Let's think about what Putin's doing right now, you know. And, and oh, by the way, Biden has done absolutely nothing to attempt to stem what Putin is doing. So he's building, he's massing up his troops and forces on the Ukraine border again. Remember the last time he did this when Obama was in there and Obama did absolutely nothing about it. And he took Crimea and, you know, all those good things. So the, the world leaders have no fear that Biden is actually going to do anything. To prevent them from doing what they want to do. Now again. I'm going to go back and I'm going to say. You know. Trump for all his misgivings. With you know. His inability to. You know. I guess be friendly. I guess is the big knock against him. Is that he's not. A, he wasn't a nice guy. And he sent out mean tweets. These people. China. 
Russia, North Korea, uh, they weren't too keen on, you know, pushing the limits with him. As a matter of fact, for the entire four years of his presidency, they really didn't push. They, they really kind of just backed off and, and, and did nothing. But now, you know, Putin's doing whatever the hell Putin wants to do. Why? Because he has absolutely zero fear or absolutely zero concern that this administration is going to do anything. They're weak. They see right through it. Putin, Putin likes strength. Putin acknowledges strength. China acknowledges strength. This president is exhibiting zero strength and limited con cognitive ability, to be honest. And I think that's probably just as important as showing strength. He, he, he's not showing that he uh, has the cognitive ability to actually be feared or be uh, for them to be concerned about. So it's interesting. We look at we look at the things that he's done, Biden, that is. Because the argument was always that Trump was friends with Russia, right? He's friends with Putin. Well, everything that Biden has done has favored Russia and China. He's done nothing to to step. I mean, he he. They talk about well. Their big thing is that well, we're going to handle it with diplomacy. Well, yeah, how's that fucking working? Not so well so far. Um, and so I just, it's just, it's crazy to me that these people, and I say these people to mean the current administration is absolutely clear. I mean, the vice president can't even keep hardcore liberal, I would probably worse than liberal, almost socialist, uh, staffers. On her staff, uh, like half of her, half of half of the main people on her on the vice president's staff are leaving before the end of the year. I've heard at least four names. One already left, and there's four additional names that are planning on leaving before the end of the year. One of them uh, was a Bernie Sanders uh, campaign manager, camp you know, uh, really high up in Bernie Sanders campaign. And she's not even sticking around. And, you know, there's been talk about the mass amounts of, uh, what's the word? It's not even uh, dysfunction in the vice president's staff, uh, pretty much since conception of her vice presidency. Um, and, and here you go, 11 months in, and the major people on her staff are all leaving. That should say something. The Democrats have a really big problem that I'm not sure they're going to be able to fix before 2024. Biden may not be able to run for a second term, although, you know, our good friend Peppermint Patty, Jen Psaki, is, you know, claims at the pulpit every day that, you know, he fully intends to run for another. But they're probably going to lose that if he runs. 
Vice President Harris stands zero chance in hell of successfully running for president. And I don't. I almost think it doesn't matter who the hell she runs against. I don't think anybody. I don't think there's anybody that would lose to her. Her numbers are so low. I think Congress. I think Congress has a higher approval rating than Kamala Harris right now, which is saying something because last time I checked, they were at like seventeen percent, and that's being judicious, I would say. So. They got a real problem. 2022, uh, look, it's normal. I wouldn't say normal, but it's it's pretty routine that the party that has the White House loses a considerable amount of seats in the House. I think that's going to be a devastating, devastating turn in the House where I'm, I'm guessing now anywhere between 60 and 80 seats will flip. I wasn't so sure about the the Senate, but the more and more Biden goes down these roads of failed policy and, and, you know, just ridiculous statements that he makes, the Senate is in jeopardy for them as well. So I'm, I'm guessing right now, and you know, let's mark our calendars, right? December 3rd, 2021, I'm saying that November of next year, the Democrat or the, the Republicans have minimum 55 seats in the Senate. That's just my, that's just my prediction right now. Probably pretty close to 270, 280 in the house and 55 seats in the Senate go to the Republican Party, all because Biden can't even get his own party on board. There's uh, there's Democrats that are, and I'm not even talking about Mansion and Cinema at this point. There's other Democrats that are now publicly speaking out about this ridiculous spending that he's pushing. And that's pretty bad when you when you have them starting to break break rank and file and they're doing it because they know this election is coming up next year i mean these people have midterms these people have to go back and explain to their constituency why they should still be in the position they are going for these policies and this spending and they can't justify it they can't justify it all right folks we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to talk about a bunch of court cases all right, folks, welcome back. Hey, so we've had a whole bunch of of uh, court cases that are going on, you know, national attention level court cases that have gone on over the last couple of months and, and continually. They're, they're going on now as well. So, of course, we know about the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse case and we know how that turned out. He was acquitted uh, of murder. Uh based on self-defense, rightfully decided. One you probably didn't hear about. Um, it it got some notoriety, but it, again, it didn't fit a narrative because unlike Kyle Rittenhouse, who was a white guy who was claiming self-defense, 
and the mainstream media just can't have that. This was a black guy who was claiming self-defense. Andrew Coffey in Florida was acquitted of murder for reasons of self-defense. Now, he was convicted of a felon in possession of a firearm because he was a felon in possession of a firearm. But his situation was he was in his house. He was, um, I, I can't remember. I think it was like one or two o'clock in the morning. Uh, somebody kicked in his front door. He was in the room with his girlfriend. They were there actually, it was the police, and they were actually there looking for his dad, serving a warrant or something on his dad who wasn't there. Um, he had no idea. He, they didn't announce who they were anything like that. He opened fire. They returned fire. When they returned fire, they killed his girlfriend and they charged him with murder. And they charged him with, you know, shooting at a police, shooting at the police and all kinds of stuff. Um, he was acquitted of all that other than the felony, felony in possession of a firearm. But you don't hear about that because he was a black guy and it doesn't fit the narrative. Then we've got one of my favorite ones that kind of died out for a while, but uh, now is back uh, front and center. The Jesse Smollett case. Jesse, if you remember, is the guy who at 2 o'clock in the morning in the middle of Chicago at 20, 20 below zero <laughs> decided that he wanted a Subway sandwich, which, by the way, I haven't found a Subway up here that's open at that time, so feel lucky Chicago if your subways are open that late. But uh, anyway, he uh, claimed that he was assaulted by Trump supporters and they beat him and they tied a noose around his neck. And everyone remembers the famous video of the famous uh, police uh, body cam video where they walk in and uh, he's still got the noose around his neck and he's talking to him and playing with the noose and all that. Well, yeah, it turns out it was all bullshit, which anyone with, half of a brain so that excludes the view msnbc cnn nbc because they all bought it hook line and sinker but anybody else who actually has a brain saw to include the police by the way saw right through that shit immediately with how ridiculously stupid his entire story sounded so that case is going on right now and uh what we know is that the one of the brothers, he hired these two brothers to, you know, beat the shit out of him um, while wearing, you know, supposedly wearing MAGA hats. Uh, testified the other day that uh, Jesse actually paid him $3,500 to beat the shit out of him and throw the noose around his neck and, and all that good stuff. So it's not looking good for Jesse. We'll see how that uh, that all works out uh, for him. He's facing, I think, if he's convicted, he's facing three years, maybe a little bit more in jail, um, and probably substantial fines because I'm sure he's going to have to pay back uh, a considerable amount of money uh, that it cost the city to waste time investigating the falsely concocted and perpetrated crime. So we'll see what happens with Jesse. Uh, I don't know if you all were paying attention, but the Ahmed Aubrey case. And see, here's the difference between somebody who is on the right, i.e. me, and somebody who is on the left. The Albert 
Ahmed Aubrey case was the case where black guys running down the road, three white guys decide that he really shouldn't be in their neighborhood and he must be up to no good. So they track him down. There's an altercation. And one of the white guys who brought a shotgun shoots him and kills him. So all three of them go on trial and all three of them are convicted of murder. Rightfully so. Anybody with a fucking brain, again, could tell pretty pretty quickly after that video was made public that it was probably now I don't I, I mean I guess you can say it was a it was a racial I mean they they obviously used race to determine that he didn't belong in their neighborhood I don't know I, I didn't see or hear anything that said that they had necessarily had anything animus feelings about black people in general other than he shouldn't have been in their neighborhood because that was it was just odd for him to be in their neighborhood. So they assumed that he was committing a crime, which you know kind of fits the definition of racism. Just because a black person is in your neighborhood doesn't mean that they're committing a crime, and that that was their assumption. So yeah, I see it. I see that. But the difference is, I can sit here and, and freely admit that Kyle Rittenhouse was correctly adjudicated in his court case. And these three jackasses were correctly adjudicated in their case. So I don't understand why that's so hard for people on the left to look at the evidence that's presented in court and a jury sees it and says, yeah, that makes sense. This is what happened. This is the verdict. Correct verdict. And then they look at the other one and say, yeah, this is the evidence that was presented. This is the verdict. Correct verdict. Andrew Coffey, this is what happened. Here's the verdict. Correct ver verdict. We'll see what happens with Smollett, but my guess is they're going to get the verdict correct. So what does that tell you? It tells you that the mainstream, mainstream people, not these you know, mostly white elite journalists and and white elite politicians can't see past the constituency that they think they need to win an election. So the last one we're going to talk about is the uh, Gislaine Maxwell, Gislaine, Gislaine, whatever the fuck her first name is, Maxwell. So for those of you who don't know who she is, she is the co-conspirator with Jack Nuts that, you know, supposedly killed himself in jail with the child sex trafficking ring, Epstein, child sex trafficking ring. So she's on trial. Her trial's ongoing. Now, it's not television. I know a lot of people are, like, upset about you know why the Rittenhouse case was was uh, aired on TV and this one's not being aired on TV, but that's not one. You have to look at where the where the cases are being held. Um, two, it's up to each specific judge in a case like this to determine whether or not they're going to allow it. In New York, you're never going to. I mean, it's no different than anywhere in New York. Or, you're not you're just not going to have and probably not going to have too many of them in California either after the OJ Simpson debacle. 
was aired on TV. But, you, you know, you're just not going to get a, a, a most liberal judges will not allow the court proceedings to be aired live. Um, and they won't they don't have, you know, cameras in their period. So I'm not too, too upset by that. Um, I think it's a pretty open and shut case about her. Um, of course, her defense is <laughs> kind of funny. Her her defense against these charges is that because Epstein is dead, there's nobody else to take accountability. So she is basically the scapegoat. She's basically bearing the brunt of this whole thing because Epstein is dead. Well, the problem with that is, is the people that are testifying, the girls, well, now women that are testifying have all said that, you know, she's the one who recruited them, groomed them, and even went so far as to participate in some of the events that took place uh, back when this was all going on. So we'll see how that works out for her. I mean, I guess you got to have you have to have some sort of defense. Um, and if that's the best they could come up with, then eh, good on them. Good luck. And, uh, we'll see how, we'll see how that works out for you. So the small act case and the Maxwell case, those are the ones, uh, I think they said the Maxwell case was going to take anywhere up to about six weeks. They must be calling a shit ton of witnesses for it to take that long. The small act case will probably be done next week. Um, we already know that the coffee, Aubrey and Rittenhouse cases are done. So that's it for like criminal cases that are going on. But there's a lot of, I mean, those are a lot of, those are five big, <coughs> excuse me, big um, national cases. Uh, we won't even get into any of the, you know, the school shooter out in Michigan or the uh, Wisconsin parade trial. Cause those are, those are a long way away. Um, those aren't, those aren't going to happen for a long time. Um, although, you know, they're both pretty much cut and dry. You never want to prejudge and you never know what's going to happen. You know, if you get a prosecutor, that's a dumbass. you know, technicalities happen all the time. So, uh, we'll see what happens with those. But the other two that I wanted to talk about are uh, Supreme court cases. So the two big Supreme court cases, uh, one just heard this past week, which actually the Supreme court actually for the first time allowed live audio while they were hearing the case, which, you know, that's good. I, I think they should do that more often. I think all of their cases should be at least audio streamed live uh, because I think it gives people a good sense of, of where, not necessarily where the justices stand on, but you get to hear the arguments being made, you get to understand, you know, instead of just like trying to read through a 75 page decision document, you can listen for yourself and, and, and make a determination of where you stand on a particular issue by listening to what they're actually saying, what the actual arguments on both sides are. So I like that. I think that's good. So the Mississippi abortion case, now, of course, the left is all in an uproar, and we've talked about it before where they, you know, the attacks on the judiciary are raging right now because 
of this case in particular. Um, it's a Mississippi abortion case where Mississippi has put into law a uh, abortion law that, you know, you can't have an abortion after 15 weeks. Um, I'm not going to get too much into the weeds on, you know, what they talked about. You can certainly go online and listen to the arguments. I believe they're still out there. Um, but 15 weeks was a big deal because that's a lot shorter time period than what was previously um, allowed in Mississippi. Um, and this could potentially change a lot of laws in other states uh, based on what the decision is. Now, I don't think that a decision, you know, like everything else with the Supreme Court, I don't think a decision on this case is going to come out probably till like next June or somewhere around there. Um, but you can already see, and you're already hearing the out, you know, this is going to wipe out Roe, Roe versus Wade. This is going to wipe out, uh, all the other Supreme court abortion cases that they've heard. Um, and the, the criticism is that, uh, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, you know, through their questioning, uh, gave clear indications, which I don't really think they were clear indications. They were certainly indications that they are um, willing to at least considering, uh, you know, the defeat of Roe based on this case. So we'll see. Like I said, we don't know. Uh, we won't know for several months. Uh, we won't get a decision on this one. The other one is the New York gun case, the Second Amendment case that the Supreme Court heard in early November. Now, this case, and, you know, I'm very interested in this case because what this case is, so what this case is about in a nutshell is the right to carry a firearm outside of your home. So New York has very strict gun laws. I think most people know that. Um, and you're not allowed to basically go anywhere outside of your house without a, without a, or with a firearm, unless it's for a very specific reason, basically hunting <laughs> or going to the range and even going to the range. It's very specific. So this case comes down to, is it a constitutional right to carry a firearm outside of your house or can the government dictate that your home is the only place where you have the right to self-defense by use of a firearm. This is an important case. It's an important case because one, I think if I read correctly, and this was months ago, so I might be a little bit off on this, but over the last 12 or 13 years, the Supreme Court has refused to take virtually any Second Amendment case. Uh, matter of fact, I don't think they have. I don't. I think this is the first one. So, of the ten or twelve cases that have come up, this is the only one that they've agreed to hear. If the result of this uh, comes out and they they decide that it is a constitutional right to be able to carry outside of your home, it's going to absolutely devastate gun laws or carry laws 
in several big states. It's going to kill the laws in California. It's going to kill the laws in New York. It's going to kill the laws in my home state of Maryland. So the states that have the strictest, and you know, Cal, or, uh, Illinois, Chicago specifically, it's going to gut their gun laws. So again, the outrage on the left is that, you know, uh, the attack on the judiciary, you know, oh, this is all the right-wing judges that were put on the put on the court that are going to make these decisions. And again, we'll see. I don't know. I didn't, now obviously we we weren't able to listen to the arguments on both sides of this one. Um, sometimes recordings of Supreme Court cases come out um, after the decisions and, and you can listen to them. And, and I sometimes do that. And this one I may just to just to hear the arguments that were made. Um, but this one's a big one for anybody who is a proponent of the Second Amendment or an or anti-Second Amendment for that matter. Um, it's probably more important to them. And we'll see what happens. Again, I, this one, I, I think, kind of the same timeline. We may get a decision in April, May timeframe. Um, we just have to see. So those are the big things that are going on. Those are the national, uh, you know, kind of court cases that, uh, you know, people are anticipating decisions on. And, uh, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see uh, which, which way the Supreme Court goes on those two. And there's, there's several more, um, but they, you know, the thing about the Supreme court, and this is what people don't understand. I think if I read correctly again, months ago, so don't quote me exact numbers on this, but they, they vote unanimously on cases 98 to 99% of the time, 98 to 99, which is why you don't hear a lot of stuff that's coming out of the Supreme Court because they're all almost all virtually unanimous decisions. It's when you get to the Second Amendment and abortion that it seems to those seem to be the cases where you have the splits or anything that has to do with guns, anything that has to do with um you will get a couple of you know first amendment cases or um things like that 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 are um, a little bit more, um, people are a little bit more interested in, but, but generally these are the two topics that, that people just go batshit crazy over. So again, we'll see what, uh, we'll see what happens when, Hey, before I go tonight, I have to say today is the one year ago today. I lost my bestie, uh, my 14 year old yellow lab Keegan, um, we think about him every day. Uh, he, we have pictures of him all over the house, and it's Christmas time. He used to love laying next to the tree and looking up at the lights. And his, or we have ornaments of him that we would put on there every year. And he would sit there and look. And I have some great picture, a great picture uh, of him kind of sitting there staring at his uh, <coughs> his ornament. So, Keeger Beegs, we miss you, uh, and you all have a great. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving and. We'll talk to you again next week.